0: or the basic character of a Christian, well, we might well turn to Matthew chapter 5 and beginning with verse 3. The Lord in his Sermon on the Mount begins by laying down these principles, these attitudes, these characteristics that all should have and develop in God's kingdom in the church. And so the Lord ascended this mountain, sat down, his disciples drew near to him, and he opened his mouth and began by saying, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are they that mourn, for they shall be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Blessed are they that hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called sons of God. And blessed are they that are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of God. And blessed are ye, when men shall persecute you and oppress you and say all manner of evil against you for my sake. Rejoice and be exceedingly glad, for great is your reward in heaven. For so persecuted they the prophets that were before you. Here are eight qualities that an individual needs as he enters into the kingdom. Eight characteristics that he needs to develop day by day as he's in the kingdom of God. Attitudes that should tell everybody that we're a follower, a disciple of Jesus Christ. What are Christians made out of? Well, we just read it. They're poor in spirit. They mourn. They're meek. They hunger and thirst after righteousness. They show mercy, full of it. They're merciful. They are pure in heart. They're peacemakers. And as a result of developing these eight characteristics in their lives, they're going to draw persecution. Eight characteristics that put people off who do not have a good and honest heart. And so here are eight qualities in life that will ensure a rich life of happiness. And that's what we want. Living and serving Jesus Christ. There's a blessing promised here for everyone who masters each one of these qualities. Some versions use the word happy or they. Mine says blessed. And we're told that blessedness and happiness are quite similar. But we sometimes recognize the difference today. Happiness today suggests a state more superficial and lighthearted than what Jesus intended. That kind of happiness sort of depends on what happens to us. We're happy if the right circumstances surround us. But blessedness is a deeper thing, it's a matter of character. It's an inner joy that is untouchable by the world. It's a joy that is distinctively Christian. And I'm going to say that again. We're talking about a joy that is distinctively Christian. If we're a Christian, then we should show and have and experience that kind of joy. And people who are not yet Christians might just envious for that. But it's available for all. The gospel was never intended to be a joy killer. A kill joy, as we might say today. Anything that a person is asked to give up In order to become a Christian and to remain a Christian, he should never have enjoyed in the first place. Jesus never takes anything out of our lives without giving something much better in return. Now, a worldly-minded person may not agree to this because his values are reversed to those of Christ. Someone has said that the world is like a big store window, in which a practical joker has gone and switched all the price tags around. And that merchandise, which is of the greatest value, they placed a low rate on. And that which is not so high, they placed the highest price tag. Well, these beatitudes are designed to correct that misconception. just doesn't seem to a lot of folks that the poor in spirit, those that mourn, those that are meek, should be happy, should inherit the earth. Ambrose called these the paradoxes of Christ, these beatitudes. And by paradox we understand that that which is contradictory. Well, it it kind of sounds right, but yet it... It kind of goes contrary to common sense. The reversal of the ordinary point of view. Well, I'd like for us to look at this first beatitude this morning. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Now, we need to notice some things he did not say here. Jesus did not say, blessed are the poor. He said, blessed are the poor in spirit. Now, he did mention the poor in another place, and I think we ought to look at both of these while we're considering one. In Luke 6, we'll look at verse 20. Starting at verse 20. And Jesus lifted up his, his eyes on his disciples and said, Blessed are ye poor. For yours is the kingdom of God. Blessed are ye that hunger now, for ye shall be filled. Blessed are ye that weep now, for ye shall laugh. And blessed are ye when men shall hate you, and when they shall separate you from their company, and reproach you, and cast out your name as evil, for the Son of Man's sake. Rejoice. Rejoice in that day and leap for joy for behold your reward is great in heaven for in the same manner did their fathers unto the prophets now here the Lord mentions blessed are the poor blessed are those who hunger now who weep now who are being hated now here he's speaking about blessings but not upon character but upon those certain trying conditions that that some of his disciples were experiencing. And so he says, blessed are they to encourage them to continue this life of sacrifice that is demanded of all disciples. So when we turn back to Matthew 5, we notice that he's not saying blessed are the poor. He mentioned that in Luke 6. But here he says, the poor in spirit. Certainly, we are not blessed because of our poor financial conditions. Now, I can think of a person who is poor, perhaps enjoying life more than someone who has much material blessings. (coughs) The gospel is for the poor. You remember when the two disciples came from John to Jesus, or thou he, or look we for another. Jesus says, go back and tell John the things that you hear and see. And he mentions how the blind see, the lame walk, and he also mentions the poor have glad tidings preached unto them. And certainly Jesus, when he gave the Great Commission, said to go and preach the gospel to every creature, which certainly includes the rich and the poor. Poverty in itself is not necessarily, it might be, but not necessarily is a spiritual blessing because one's destitute condition may be Due to laziness or lack of education. Let me turn back to Proverbs 10 and verse 4 to show how this condition would not be blessed. Proverbs 10:4 He becometh poor that worketh with a slack hand, but the hand of the diligent maketh rich. That is a proverb. And so, Jesus taught it would be easier for a poor person to go to heaven than for a rich man. And this beatitude deals with why this is so. And we'll notice a little more about that later. So he's not just talking about those who were poor or destitute of material possessions. Nor is he talking about the poor-spirited There's a difference between poor-spirited and being poor in spirit. Let me give you a couple of Bible examples. The ten spies who came back with the evil report, Moses sent twelve men to spy out the land, the land of Canaan, the land of promise. Ten of them came back and said, There are giants up there. We look like grasshoppers before them. We'll be slain if we go that way. And they refused to go. They were poor-spirited, but they were not poor in spirit. Jesus taught a parable in Matthew 25, parable of the talents. And the one who had the one talent, he had that one talent because he was poor-spirited. He didn't have the courage to invest it as the others had done with their talents that they had received. So these poor-spirited lacked courage. And sometimes we, church members, may find ourselves in circumstances, situations where we need more courage to stand up or to try to do what we know the Lord wants us to do. I was going to mention this in the introduction, but I'll just mention it now. It fits in well. Last Sunday morning we talked about personal evangelizing. And uh, we mentioned that we've got a bunch of envelopes back on the back table in stacks, rubber bands around them, with neighborhoods, the streets that will be covered by those in that particular stack. And a number have been taken. In fact, hundreds have been passed out this past week. And some of you weren't here, didn't know about it. So we're just giving you a little bit more detail about it. Every Christian is encouraged, every family, you know, take the kids with you, encouraged to pick up a stack and to take them out it's going to cover Byron and we're going to have some more this was just 1100 and there are a few more houses that uh, will not have them we don't want to deprive anybody in Byron or the surrounding area from having one there's a set of three Bible correspondence courses in each one there's a letter of explanation and we just leave them don't have to knock on the door I hope you're not one of those poor spirited doesn't have the courage to pick up a stack and deliver them In low spirits, dispirited—that's not being—that's being poor spirited, not poor in spirit. Dispirited, like the dropping leaves or the drooping leaves of a wilted plant. Now we can picture that in our minds, can't we? Or poor spirited resembles a rundown battery on a cold winter morning, where there's no fire, no spark, no life. The low-spirited person is depressed, he's discouraged, he's defeated, he's poor in strength of will. He doesn't have that willpower to do what he needs to do. Now perhaps to better understand the poor in spirit, we can contrast that with the rich in spirit. Jesus isn't talking about the rich in spirit here, is he? It's just the opposite. And Jesus tells us about those two kinds of spirit in Luke 18. We've been studying this the last couple of Sunday mornings in our adult class. Jesus taught the parable about the Pharisee and the publican, the tax collector, who prayed. Well, it was the Pharisee who was rich in spirit and who was condemned and who did not go down to his house justified. But it was the publican, the tax collector, who was justified because he was humble and did not exalt himself. There's a contrast. The prayer of the Pharisee, rich in spirit, listed all of his good qualities in his prayer, showing that he was very satisfied with himself. That's not poor in spirit. In contrast, let's notice the publican's attitude. Being a publican, he may have possessed great wealth, like Zacchaeus. He may have been a a leader, with the ability to lead many people. may have had the courage to be a conqueror, but we don't know about that. We're not told that, but we do know this. We know at least he possessed a realization that he needed something that only God could supply. Poor in spirit was he. He knew that he needed God. Let me give you another Bible example. This is of an individual who was both rich in spirit and poor in spirit. And this is found in Luke 15. When the Lord taught the parable of the prodigal son, with his new gained inheritance, he felt self-sufficient. He, at that time, was rich in spirit. And he did not become poor in spirit until he lost it all. And then, not because he was destitute of earthly goods but because he came to himself and realized his own unworthiness he felt a need for God's forgiving mercy he came to a realization of his lack of God and his desire for God now there's another characteristic that's contrary to being poor in spirit but being rich in spirit And that's basically pride. And let me show you how pride works in two groups. Here are a group of men who have pride, they're not poor in spirit, they're not teachable. They feel like they know, well, let me say it this way. They're afraid that people would find out how much they don't know from the Bible. And so when they have the opportunity or when they have the occasion to study the Bible, whether it's in a class or one-on-one, they're afraid that they will show how ignorant of the Bible they are. Too much pride. On the other hand, there's a group who have pride too. They're not interested in the Bible. They feel like they got all the knowledge they need to know to get along. What is there in the Bible for them that they need? Not being poor in spirit, but rich in spirit. The Pharisee was rich in spirit. He needed nothing. He felt like he was already perfect. The poor in spirit can never be satisfied with their Bible knowledge. Also, an individual who places his confidence in material possessions feels self-sufficient. Feels he can get along quite well without God. Now, this is what I had in mind earlier when I said that Jesus teaches that it's easier for a poor person to go to heaven than for a rich person. If that rich person yields to the temptation of placing his trust in his material wealth, which a poor person doesn't even have an opportunity to do. When we turn to uh, 1 Timothy, the last chapter, beginning at verse 17, Paul said, Charge them that are rich in this present world, that they be not high-minded, that's rich in spirit, high-minded. Nor have their hopes. Set on the uncertainty of riches, but on God, who giveth us richly all things to enjoy, that they do good, that they be rich in good works, that they be ready to distribute, willing to communicate, that is, to share, laying up in store for themselves a good foundation against the time to come, that they may lay hold on the life which is life indeed. And maybe we ought to also turn to Mark 10. Mark's uh, telling us about how this rich young ruler came to Jesus. And after he went away sorrowful, because he wouldn't respond to the Lord's demand, Jesus said, beginning at verse 23, And Jesus looked round about, and saith unto his disciples, How hard, or how hardly, shall they that have riches enter into the kingdom of God? And the disciples were amazed at his words. But Jesus answereth again and saith unto them, children, How hard is it for them that trust in riches to enter into the kingdom of God? It is easier for a camel to go through a needle's eye than for a rich man to enter into the kingdom of God. Those who trust in their riches, and that's the wrong place for anyone to put their trust because of the uncertainty of them. And so what we're saying is the individual who places his trust or confidence in material things is not poor in spirit but rich. Poor in spirit really means poor in self. We could substitute the word self or ego for spirit because ego and self mean the same thing. Blessed are the poor in spirit. Blessed are the Poor in self, blessed are the poor in ego. To be rich in ego is to have too much of self. We know that, don't we? People who are rich in ego are not particularly liked. This point was brought up this morning in our Bible class. They are proud, they're haughty, they're conceited. They have an, over, uh, an overwhelming sense of their own importance. Rich in ego are self-satisfied, self-sufficient, self-seeking, and self-centered. A contemporary novelist says about one of her characters, Edith was a little country bounded on the north, south, east, and west by Edith. One must empty himself of himself, and filled the vacuum with the Spirit of God. Here are some characteristics of the poor in spirit. As we've said, it's the opposite of self-sufficient. So being poor in spirit is to be free of pride, free of vanity, being aware of our own spiritual poverty, to have a deep sense of needing the things God can supply. It's seeking greater spirituality. Poor in spirit. He is emptied of the pride of his accomplishments and selfishness. He does not boast of his talents, his attainments. Because he has nothing he did not receive from God. Evidently they had this problem in the church in Corinth. Because in 1 Corinthians 4 and 7 Paul asked these brethren. What do you folks have? That you didn't receive. We talk about a baby being born with a silver spoon. Even the silver spoon was put in his mouth. What has anybody got that he didn't receive? A man's confidence cannot be solely in himself. And so the poor in spirit are much in prayer. Much in Bible study. Much in worship attendance. Much in good works of all kinds because he realizes that he is in need of what these acts will bring now here's the bottom line let me summarize this is what it means to be poor in spirit it is not to feel big but to be humble it is not to be self-seeking but self-renouncing It is a thirsty land crying out for rain. It is a person singing from the heart. I need thee every hour. It is a publican. Beating upon his breast and crying out. God be merciful to me a sinner. It's Jesus. Prostrate in the garden. Praying. Father not my will but thine be done. It is any man who has so completely gotten rid of self that he's willing to issue a declaration of dependence upon God. Now as in all the Beatitudes there is a blessing there's a promise. Blessed are the poor in spirit for theirs is the kingdom of of heaven most of them are in the future they shall be or they shall receive or so forth but here it's in the present theirs is the kingdom of heaven the king jesus christ is theirs those who are poor in spirit every spiritual blessing in christ jesus is theirs since they're in the kingdom and they're in christ The benefits of the kingdom are theirs. So being poor in spirit, they're teachable. They're penitent. They realize their need for God, of God. They know their own unworthiness. This is the kind of person that obeys the gospel that he may enter into the kingdom of heaven. This is a person who's like Paul or Saul who repents and is baptized. This is is like the person who has left the kingdom, but like the prodigal son comes back to the father's house. Now, if the poor in spirit are blessed and enter into the kingdom of heaven, what of the proud of the self-righteous they do not enter into the kingdom of heaven. Jesus said in John 3 and 5, Except one be born of water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. The birth of water, of course, is baptism. The birth of the Spirit is brought about by the seed of the kingdom, being sown in one's heart, being able to germinate because it has the right heart, good and honest and allows that seed to grow and to develop and eventually is brought forth in baptism. A new creation with the attitudes of Jesus Christ before our mind and more and more every day filling our hearts as we grow and become more like Jesus. Blessed are the poor in spirit for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Have you obeyed the gospel? Do you need to come to the Lord for any particular reason that we could help you with? We stand ready to assist as together we stand and sing.